Welcome to In Your Area, a podcast designed by area to update, educate, and refresh realtors, brokers, and industry stakeholders on topics that matter most to you. Listen on the go, in your car, at a coffee shop, wherever your day takes you. This is a podcast designed with today's busy realtor in mind. And now, here's today's host, Bill McDougall. Welcome to In Your Area, a podcast for Alberta Realtors on the move. Podcasting from the boardroom of the Alberta Real Estate Association, I'm your host, Bill McDougall. Welcome to this episode, Understanding the Canadian Mortgage Rule Changes. I'm a broker owner of Optimum Realty Group. Along with my wife, Audrey, I have been in the industry for over 17 years and have served as an instructor with CREB and Area for over five years. Joining me today is Eden Samari, broker of Eden Samari Mortgage Solutions. Eden is an award-winning mortgage professional with over 15 years in the lending industry. She has extensive experience in mortgage underwriting, risk management, business development, and customer service. Eden is passionate about the mortgage industry and sharing her skill set with customers to assist them in making their financial and home ownership dreams come true. Eden was honored to be nominated for the Mortgage Broker of the Year in Canada for 2018. Eden, please tell us more about why you are here today. Thank you, Bill, for the introduction and hello to all the listeners. I am here today because I had the honor of being invited to talk about a topic that's very near and dear to our heart professionally and personally. It's something we discuss on a daily basis with our referral partners and our clients. Um, It's something that's had a huge impact on our uh, day-to-day operations as well as our, I would believe, uh, immediate marketplace. So I think it's very timely that we put some... um, bite-sized pieces out to the the real estate community and and have a better understanding of of how we can work towards um, being more successful with these changes going forward okay great first thing i want to ask is how bad is it out there how bad is it well it depends which way you look at this and what market you're in but i'm ever the optimist so i don't like to think of things in bad but i have been in the industry now this will be the third economic recession i I've worked through in this industry. I started in this industry just over, yeah, 15, 16 years ago. Um, this one has had, I think, the the furthest reaching impact, um, especially in our local economy, I would say, measurably. Um, it's definitely affected people's purchase power, especially your first-time home buyers here locally. Um, I think what's immeasurable that I would say would be a little bit bad, if you will, is um, the perception that it's put out there. I think there's a lot of people we can't tell that aren't transacting because they assume they won't qualify. So there is um, a large group of people that we assume are out there just deciding to continue to rent because they haven't done the pre-approval process. But in actuality, a high percentage of our borrowers are still qualifying with this change, um, but it has affected their purchase power. So um, yeah, I would say it's on a scale of one to 10, it's maybe been a six or a seven. Okay. <laughs> Some might argue with me on that, but... You were mentioning they're dialing down their expectations. Are, are they really cognizant of how much they have to dial down or is a big dial down, have you seen? I know on the real estate side, we have seen you know people that were wanting to buy a $500,000 house are looking at like something at three seventy five to four hundred now because of the, the restraints. Is, are you seeing that with your, with your clients? 
We are in some sectors. I would say the the, the largest impact has definitely been the first time homebuyers in Calgary, uh, Toronto, and Vancouver as well. Anybody that's budget is based in a condo type market where they're having to also budget in heavy fees per month. That has a big impact on their qualifying when the new stress test that was implemented last January is two percent higher than their contract rate conventionally or the benchmark, which is now five point three four percent. So um, for that. That sector, on average, their budget has shrunk from about 16 to 18% in purchase power. And then in Canada, especially in that sector, we have a very high unsecured debt load, which also factors into um, that qualification. So it, it was the stress test, but also the debt that people are carrying that, that cut their budget back for sure. Um, that being said, though, there is a, a large sector that um, has amended their down payments. Uh, I would say in Calgary in particular, we're seeing quite a shift to the bank of mom and dad or warm inheritances from grandparents um, or investments coming in the form of larger gifts to help uh, keep that first-time buyer in the market or that move-up buyer um, continue to purchase even with some equity erosion in their existing property. So we're seeing people reapproach their applications differently than before, um, but it's definitely affected some sectors more than others, and I would say pushed um, maybe 40k on average. Is, not not is 150k. Some people not believe. necessarily. I would say that's a very local statistic here yeah. in Alberta, in particular. And now, when you're looking at you know the GTA or the GVA, that's had a much larger impact because their purchase powers are you know drastically affected with their prices. But different different pricing altogether. Very different. Yeah, different markets. Yeah. Are you finding um, their your your clients are coming to you away from the banks for approvals? I noticed in like from my experience in the first year of this um, change coming through, people were saying, oh, yeah, we're approved. The bank said, yeah, we're approved. They go to the bank and all of a sudden their financing is not there. And so we had a lot of deals uh, fall apart in the very first year. A number of deals fall apart because they couldn't get financing and they didn't know where to go after that. Uh, Is that change? Are they starting to, to, to hunt around a little bit more for um, a better mortgage or a, a better uh, or qualify for more? I, I would say they are. I think when consumers are given um, somewhat of an impasse with these changes, they are, they're becoming more resourceful. And I will say something that I love about Alberta is everyone's very, um, they have a very hardworking spirit and they're very creative in the sense that if, if someone tells them no, they want to find a solution. Um, and we believe in, even if it's, um, it's not going to be a yes today, telling clients it's a not right now situation and coaching them uh, you know to either pay down some debt or fix things or give them a plan to get them ready to buy um, what we have found since last January is more and more people are, are looking for uh, advice with an experienced licensed mortgage professional who has options with a number of if different institutions um, so that if say they don't fit in the normal a lending space that we can look at other options like a B bank or potentially private although private's not meant to be a long-term solution. Um, but we definitely have more choice. And our fiduciary duty to the client is to represent the client and be a transaction facilitator in most transactions between them and the institution. So we're always looking to find the best fit for the client. So I feel like they have been seeking brokers' advice um, more. And it's it's given us an opportunity to really educate them on, on the importance of using a licensed professional and finding some really good fits for their financing going forward. 
Um, and also too, because because we represent them directly, I find I've become somewhat of a financial life coach because they're stressed and they come in thinking their credits garbage or they don't qualify or they're really worried about having to rent forever but when we actually break the numbers down and explain to them how little or some impact this will have to them it's just adjusting expectations so maybe it's a well you need to for a first time buyer yes your budget's been cut back maybe we move you into um, a, a move up property rather than your dream house today and maybe you keep it as a rental and, and move up in a few years from now so we we rather than just cut them out of the market completely we kind of coach them there's there's more more than one way to find a solution and I'm not finding that's their experience at the bank per se it's more transactional we're more relationship based so you're saying they shouldn't buy that brand new pickup just before they start shopping for a house oh no <laughs> not unless they're <laughs> buying it in cash then say la vie but yeah no please uh, all the way up until you get the keys please do not finance anything new okay uh, yeah. speaking of the banks and, and yes. I'm glad you brought that up you know the banks don't have to apply the stress test to somebody that's renewing their mortgage. Correct. And I personally, I feel that that's uh, a part of the legislation that really helps the big banks. Mm-hmm. But are you still finding that even with not a, applying the stress test to these borrowers, that the banks are actually turning them down even without that stress test because they're just wanting the very best of the best? And with this stress test, most of the best of the best are coming their way anyways. Yeah, it's a really good question. And, and I'll just preface that to say I, I do do a fair bit of volume with some major six lenders and credit unions. So um, this is just a, an experience observation, not anything against the banks because we need them in our industry. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, this has from a, uh, especially this has done them a favor come renewal in a way um, because it's given them a pretty powerful position if that borrower has had any kind of job loss, someone's on a mat leave, uh, they've acquired, as most Canadians do, quite a bit of debt during their home ownership years. Um, come renewal, it makes it much harder for us to uh, shop other options that might be a, a great fit for them because as soon as we have to look elsewhere, we now have to requalify. Um, and like in the majority of the transactions that we've seen since January come up for renewal, and there were 37% of mortgages in Canada last year were up for renewal. 2014 was a uh, 2013 14 were big transactional years in this country. Um, so there, we were doing a lot of renewal business, but we like to reach out to our clients six months in advance of that, and we really put some homework steps in place so that we can prepare them to make them movable at renewal. But we also take into consideration that that might not be in their best interest, they might love that product. So, what we do do is give their existing institution an opportunity to compete with the wholesale pricing. Um, so that we can make it easier for them to stay and fair for them to stay because mm-hmm. there's a high percentage of borrowers, uh, less so nowadays, but there's, you know, we're busy and a lot of people will just get that renewal agreement about 55 days out from renewal from the big six and they'll just sign on the dotted line, not realizing that, you know, there are a lot of times quite a bit, uh, big discount off posted. Um, but the banks do know that uh, it's a little bit harder to move. So they're not giving them their wholesale rates in most cases come renewal. So having a mortgage professional to even give them a professional second opinion, even if we're not moving them, is important to make sure their pricing is fair. Um, But I, I would say it's hard to say on the renewal side 
the percentage of people that are, are just blindly staying because they're worried about qualifying. But that, that could be a real reality, especially in bigger markets where they have bigger mortgages, I would say. But um, so far, we've had a lot of flexibility with the existing institutions ma- matching the wholesale rates, and then they don't need to requalify. They can just sign and get a really good rate where they are. The lenders that you're dealing with, I know you probably have uh, seven to ten other lenders you're dealing with. How are they finding the risk, uh, man, uh, the risk in Alberta? Are they finding it difficult, or is it something they're worried about? Or? Yeah, that's a really good question because as someone who was in the lending community in Alberta with Canada's largest monoline for many years, underwriting here locally, um, we there are certain lenders that underwrite locally. Um, so your local credit unions, your your local monolines, uh, some of the local big six, uh, but a lot of decisions from the big six are still coming from the GTA um, and the GVA. So some of their underwriting, which helps when you have a a local professional in your corner, because we are really educating the underwriter on, especially the self-employed sector, which I do a lot of business in, um, the viability of this file and this client and the industry, especially oil and gas. There's been... um, I would say between 2015 and the fall of 2016, there were some lenders that completely pulled out of Alberta. They were much smaller monolines that just didn't want the risk. But they've all come back to the table. Interesting. We still very much have stated income products for self-employed people with all the insurers in Canada and most of the lenders in Canada. Um, so they have a lot more appetite for Alberta again. Um, I think what they watch for is is um, you know people staying up to date on their on their taxes and. and debt load here in Alberta can be a little bit dicey if they've had a business here that hasn't done well through the recession, but um, products are back, underwriting is very fast, so people are interested in Alberta again, and the prairies too, Um, but there was a period of time where they really scaled back from us, but they're definitely on the table, and we do have a number of of big monolines, like a a First National Street Capital that uh, underwrite here locally, that are always advocating internally in their world on our behalf here for Alberta. Realtors being most of them, if not all of them, self-employed. Yeah, we're really. This is a product that we're very much interested in. Make sure it doesn't go away. Yes. Okay, great. Um, The other one I have is is the the product that um, if they're not qualified, they're going to a B lender Mm -hmm. or um, some of the ones that are have substantial fees as it the were private side, the yes. private side of it yeah. I mean, how do you have an idea uh, in the stat side what kind of percentage we're looking at or, or heading that direction you know I was trying to do some research statistically on what the bees had said B banks I should mm-hmm. say um, but it, it's it, I, I couldn't find some concrete percentages from last year but what I can tell you in in dealing on that side as a professional and at our firm we have a mortgage investment corporation so we do do our own in-house private lending. We can also broker it out. Um, we've seen a, a, a fair increase in transactions on the B side and, and the private side in Alberta specifically. Um, and that is because Alberta has a very high percentage of self-employed individuals, whether that's in, in real estate, construction, oil and gas, every sector, uh, physicians, everybody. So um, there are 
when you don't have that two-year um, minimum filed existence as a corporation or a sole proprietor, that's really outside of the big A lenders' boxes. So that's where the B banks and the privates can come in. So for the self-employed sector, there's still a lot of options, but sometimes it means taking a, a one or a six-month, like a one-year term, six-month sidestep um, until such time as you filed the, that second year and now you're qualifiable on the A side. So there has been an uptick in that for sure. Um, and they're always there for, you know, a little bit of bruised credit scores or if, if we're needed to do workout solutions with income tax and stuff. So it's a sector we don't ever want to see it go away because it really helps us rebuild clients back to be AAA again. Exactly. Um, but yes, they have become quite busy. And I will say that a number of the B institutions like your home trust and your optimum um, for a long time uh, scaled back into B lending only and they've started to open their A division again, which means that there's some confidence back in this local economy um, that they're taking and they're trying to compete with the bigger monolines and the credit unions for this business. So, so, And they're opening that division so that if we are putting people in the B, they can easily renew back into the A side. So, you know, I would say, yes, on the private side, there has been an uptick in business, um, which can be very expensive over there, double digit rates sometimes and some big fees, but um, it's never meant to be a long-term solution. And it's meant to be a bit of a band-aid until we can... Until they're fixed. Yes, until they're A quality, which is the goal for everybody. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, the uh, one thing I wanted, I'm going to ask for a bit of um, looking into the future. Yes. I was listening to BNN today. Yes. And they're looking at, it looks like the interest rates will probably not be going up until late 2020 is what they're saying now, mm -hmm. uh, today. How much is that going to help us in, in stabilizing this mortgage market that we're in in Alberta specifically? Well, it, the perception is that's positive. We have a big year this year, provincially and federally, for from an election perspective. Um, in most cases, uh, economies locally and federally rally around election time, and the banks do take advantage of that for sure. In the sense that historically, that's usually around the time that there's um, you know some excitement, some reinvestment in the economy, and so. Um, um, that's an opportunity for them uh, to economically raise interest rates. However, the economies are not performing at that scale yet, in um, Calgary included in that. And we really need some some bigger factors to play in before they're able to um, continue the increase. Um, we, yeah, we had a consistent two-year run of Bank of Canada quarter point increases. And for the first time in a full quarter, they have left it as is. And now there's speculation they might even reduce it by a quarter point in the fall. That was the other question that's coming up. If that yeah. does go down a quarter point, that's going to help a bunch, I would think. A number of things. The, your large HELOC, so your secured lines of credit, any of your unsecured debt um, that's based off prime and your variable rate mortgages. And we, um, the bond market, which is separate from the variable rate world, and that's um, what runs your fixed rate pricing, um, has seen a significant drop. Like in the last three weeks alone, we've seen 30 point drops on on fixed rates, mainly the the, the longer terms, the mm -hmm. five, seven and tens. Um, and we've seen three year money become quite affordable again. So um, they're hungry for market share. It is spring. Uh, 
so they're all hungry to to fill the books for sure but the economies are just not recovered enough to to justify continued increases which from a buyer's perspective or a seller i think could um, boost confidence in our local markets that anytime we see historically rates drop it, it pulls people off the fence it starts them transacting it makes moving to this province um, more affordable in their minds so um, you know and on larger the average mortgage in alberta is around three hundred and eighty-three thousand, which i think is quite low i think it's quite a bit higher Extremely than that compared to the gta and vancouver right and I, I would dare to say that most of my book is quite a bit larger in calgary but let, that's just a standard and i would say so let's say it's a six hundred thousand dollar mortgage a 30 basis point drop in rate can save people you know maybe seven thousand in interest over five years and approximately 180 to 250 a month in in principal payments like that's that's a fair drop for people so um, i do think it'll it'll put some confidence back in the market and i don't think we're going to see any substantial increases certainly until later this year that they'll even start looking at it 2020 i've heard some of those speculations it's hard it's hard to throw it that far out because uh, a lot could change after the election you absolutely know, depends who get in are you recommending uh, going back to the the terms uh, yeah. and looking at the really the market is we we're not sure where we're going obviously right. provincial election federal election coming up totally. uh, would are you recommending like getting into a longer five-year term for these mortgages and see what happens in five years hopefully the economy will pull itself together a little bit and they'll be a much better position in five years do you think that's a better strategy than going after maybe some of the variable lower rates to help them out like right now what, what would yeah. you think on that it's such a good question because i i don't believe in selling on price i believe in um it, it mortgages are so much more than rates um uh, personally and professionally, I, I'm a big believer in the variable product. Um, however, every single client we approach with a custom solution, it, it is very personal, whether they take a fixed or a variable, short or longer term. But all of the products we offer um, with all of our institutions, and we're very uh, conscious of this, have portability options and prepayment options and fair penalty calculations. That's so, so important. Um, then we talk about what their risk tolerance is. Now, historically, very variables continue and have for a long period of time outperformed fix. They're cheaper in and they're cheaper out. Um, and if you take advantage of them, um, meaning that you, if you qualified at a, say, five-year fixed um, price, but you took the variable discount, continued to pay at the five-year price, you're making a good dent in that principle. So you're really working that product. Um, but you have to sign up for the emotional ups and downs. And for some people, that's absolutely out of the question. So for those people alone, even though economically from, you know, from my background that would be a no-brainer to me for some people that is they're not on board for that roller coaster yeah no yeah um and if we have a discussion with someone about a variable and they even ask me about locking in we discuss if you're even thinking of taking this to lock it in there's just have the security of a fixed but it also comes down to spread too like uh you know if a variable is quite far off a fix that's when people start thinking low rate but um fix or the spread is lessening and fix are becoming very attractive again um low low three percent some of them even under three percent for a five-year fix so um very attractive yeah so while the variables still are less than that um there the 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 window is narrowing where if you're even considering a variable the fixed is so close it, it, it is something to consider um if people take the longer term 
terms, um, just making sure that portability is an option um, because the average uh, life of a mortgage in Canada is 3.65 years before they're having kids and needing more space, getting transferred for work, going their separate ways. So um, taking a seven and a 10 year is still very rare because, um, you know, there, there are somewhat larger penalties. And, and if one party leaves, then they're harder to port. So yeah. it's very customized to each person. But I would say I, I'm still a big believer in variable, but fix are getting really attractive again. So join us next time for part two of Mortgage Changes.